So I'm really excited about these sections. Yeah, we have some good stuff talking about uh, our role as uh, citizens in whatever country we are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm especially excited about Mariama being here with us today. Mm-hmm. But I'm excited about her perspective of, of dealing with some adversity in difficult times. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so welcome. Before we get into our discussion, should we follow up on what you read? Yeah, let's do it. So today we are on in Doctrine and Covenants, sections 98 to 101. In these sections, Joseph Smith receives a revelation after the saints are persecuted in Missouri, and the Lord tells them that all will work out for their good. He's going to continue to encourage his missionaries, specifically this time Sidney Rigdon, Joseph Smith, John Murdoch, on preaching the gospel, and he's going to give them many promises. Uh, he also instructs them to uphold the Constitution, even during the, the mobbing and persecution that they're facing, and instructs them to petition the government leaders for help. Now, there's a few different things that we can discuss today, but we're going to focus in on three in particular, proper ways to respond to conflict, how the Lord tries his people and what we can learn from that, and then fulfilling our civic duties. So in order to help us dive deeper into these scriptures, these sections, and also to understand the application in our day, we have invited our wonderful friend, Mariama Colon. Mariama, could you meet us up here? Welcome. Thank you for having me. I'm oh, really we're excited. So, we are so excited. Thank you for coming. Welcome. So, Mariama, um, there are many wonderful things about you. And one of the things that you have done is you have survived the, the civil war in Sierra Leone. And we will talk about that a little bit more, if that's okay. You're also an author, uh, you're a speaker, and you focus on humanitarian work as well. You have a very rich background, and we're excited to have you and your perspective as we go through these scriptures today. Thank you. So before we jump into the scriptures uh, more deeply, I'm wondering, was there anything in these sections that kind of jumped out to you or you found significant or especially meaningful? As I read through, a lot of things came to my mind, and especially the one about forgiveness. Mm -hmm. My life, I see it as... um, if it wasn't the, the blessing of forgiving, it would have been hard for me to survive and to see life the way I see it. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Thank you for that. Um, so maybe we can, we can jump right in that and, and talk a little bit about how to respond to, to conflict. Yeah, so historically, this is, you know, we've talked about the Missourians, we've talked about those in, in Curtin as well, and there is, again, more struggle coming forward here. Um, the, the saints really are going forward and building this temple. We also have saints being called on missions. Joseph Smith is going to be called. Sidney Rigdon is going to be called. They're going to have experiences there. We have John Murdoch who is going to be called. And, and his story, you know, it, John Murdoch specifically, we go to section 99 of the Doctrine and Covenants. And John Murdoch is a recent convert to the church. He had twin children, a daughter and a son. And one of these sons was the one that was killed after Joseph Smith and Sidney Richmond were taken out of the John Johnson home and tarred and feathered. He's called on a mission. He goes on a mission. He's called on a mission again. And as he's called again, he comes home and one of his daughters, a six-year-old daughter has passed away. And the Lord is just continually calling him on his mission. And he is serving and giving everything to the Lord. But it seems as he's coming back, he's just one loss after the other due to this persecution, due to these struggles of these members of the church. And I think that this kind of leads us into the contextually mm-hmm. about, about how we deal with this, with this conflict and this kind of heartache that these saints are, are going through right now. So there are some general guidelines that we see in these sections about how to respond to conflict. Um, so for example, uh, we learn to bear our afflictions patiently, to not revile or seek retribution, don't seek revenge, to warn our aggressors in God's name. Uh, that we're justified in defending ourselves and our family, and that we should forgive our enemy who repents. And I'm wondering, so this guy, these guidelines were given to a very specific group of people in very specific circumstances. Do they still apply to us today? And, and maybe 
How has applying these kind of guidelines um, blessed you and others in your life? One thing I've learned about the scriptures, sometimes we think they are for the people in olden days, mm -hmm. but the scriptures are meant for us today. Mm -hmm. Because one thing I've learned is Heavenly Father is the same yesterday, yesterday, so it will be today and tomorrow. Mm -hmm. So all those things were given so that when we need those comforts, we can go to the scriptures mm -hmm. and find out how these um, people dealt with those situations. We go to section 101 of the Doctrine and Covenants, and that's one of the things that's interesting that the Lord talks about that, not necessarily your experience, but some of those principles again. Um, he talks about the building of Zion, and he says, and they that have been scattered shall be gathered, and all they who have mourned shall be comforted, and all they who have given their lives for my name's sake shall be crowned. Therefore, let your hearts be comforted concerning Zion, for all flesh is in mine hands. Be still and know that I am God. And I would imagine, and knowing you, that's a scripture that, that stands out to you, um, this idea of being still and putting things in the Lord's hands. I'm wondering if, can you tell us a little bit more about how you, how you built that trust and when you have had to trust in the Lord and just be still? Yeah, the thing about being still has made me become who I'm trying to become and relying upon the Lord and knowing that he will take care of anything because he's a God that does not lie. He keeps his promises. I come from Sierra Leone and my country had a war for 12 years, was civil war. And throughout that 12 years as a teenager, I was running for my life back and forth. There was no stability. And I left my parents when I was age seven and with the hope to go to school. And in order to do that, I have to sacrifice leaving my parents in the village. So I went to the city, stay with whoever I can stay. I slept on the floor until I was 13, 14 years of age. I wore my first shoe when I was 13. So going through all that, I went to high school. I finished high school. Then the war broke in Sierra Leone, so I had to, I decided I need to go to the village where my parents are to see if it's safe. It wasn't safe, the rebels were everywhere. And my parents were killed. They were shot just at the back of the house. And I left the village with my elder sister running for my life to find safety. We got to a village and we found, we thought it was gonna be safe. Rebels were there again. And my sister's legs were chopped off right in front of me. And I was in line for my arms to be chopped off. And just two people in front of me, something told me in my heart to pray to a God, to this God. And then I prayed in my heart. And then the soldiers came and rescued us from these rebels. My sister was taken away. I never saw her until I found out that she passed away when I was here on my mission in Salt Lake City. And so I was left to roam the world alone. And when I got to the city, I met a friend whom I knew in high school. And this friend invited me to stay with her. And that's where I found a neighbor of my friend was members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And so I, well, I finally joined the church because I love the things that I learned. And I have a scripture that I love in 2 Nephi 4.26. Um, it was Nephi who was giving us counsels. He said, oh, then if I have sinned, so great things, if the Lord in his condescension unto the children of men hath visited men in so much mercy, why should my heart weep? Why should my soul linger in the valley of souls? Why should my flesh waste away? And so I start to think just like Nephi, why should I sit and mourn? Why should I cry? Why should I not go and serve the Lord? So I put in my papers to serve my mission. 
The Lord brought in so many blessings. So many great people came into my life who have been blessings to me today. And a family got to adopt me and my little ones into their home. And this has been a blessing. The Lord can be there for us. He can bless us when we completely turn our hearts to him and give him our cares. No matter what happens in my life, I just have to be still and know that he is God mm -hmm. and that he is a God that does not lie. He keeps his promises when we keep our part of the covenant. And I say this from the bottom of my heart because he has never failed me. He knows the innermost recess of our hearts. If we just hold on to him, he will give us that blessing to be able to handle those things. It's an incredible experience. Thank you. Thanks. And I know you're just skimming the surface of how much we could be learning from you. It's interesting that, that you've gone through this and, and the saints, in a sense, have gone through their persecution. There's a, there's a wonderful um, story, an actual journal of Edward Partridge, where he, he actually says, he says, I was taken from my house by a mob, George Simpson being their leader, who escorted me about a half a mile to the courthouse in the public square in Independence. And then in there, a few rods from the courthouse, surrounded by hundreds of the mob, I was stripped of my hat, my coat, my vest, and daubed with tar from head to foot, and then quantity of feathers put upon me, and all this because I would not agree to leave the county and my home where I had lived two years before tarring and feathering me, I was permitted to speak. I told them that the saints had suffered persecution in all ages of the world, that I had done nothing which ought to offend anyone, and if they abused me, they would abuse an innocent person, that I was willing to suffer for the sake of Christ, but to leave the county I was not then willing to consent to. You continue to see the story of him, and you've been through similar things as well, and the, the promise that I love for Edward Partridge here and the saints and the promise for you and those who are suffering persecution is in verse 35. He says, and all they who suffer persecution for my name and endure in faith, though they are called to lay down their lives for my sake, yet they shall partake of his glory. Wherefore, fear not even unto death, for in this world your joy is not full, but in me your joy is full. And you know that you have found joy in Jesus Christ, which is one of the great, great characteristics I think that you exemplify is joy, the joy of Christ. I take comfort in... Moroni's counsel, well, it's Mormon's counsel to Moroni when he said, I fear not what man can do for perfect love casteth out all fear. And that's like pr the sentiment that you express basically like, I don't fear anything anymore, <laughs> right? Because you are filled with that love of Christ. And I think it's so interesting that this whole section that we're studying, it starts off with that admonition from the Lord. And he says, my friends, fear not. Yeah. Let your hearts be comforted because Jesus Christ overcame all of that pain and fear through his atonement. Excellent. Excellent. I mean, the atonement is so valuable because it doesn't just help us, you know, overcome our own sins, but to forgive others for their sins, to have that kind of uh, full Christ-like love in order to forgive somebody who isn't sorry. Mariama, you had a quote that you mm. shared earlier. Could, could you share that quote with us? Yes, I have a quote from Robert Brawl. Life becomes easier when you learn to accept an apology you never got. So mm. it might sound like easy, but... Some people do not even think they've hurt us. I know I'm hurt. We are the one that needs to work on ourselves and work on ourselves mm -hmm. and learn to forgive because they might not even know they've hurt us. Yeah, yeah. beautiful. Okay, one last comment here, yeah. I love how in these verses, the Lord tells them that if they'll bear it patiently, that there will be a reward. And I think that we can read that and think that the reward is in days coming or in the future. But sometimes I think the reward is immediate if we will forgive. We have peace of mind. We're free of hatred. 
we can have the companionship of the Holy Ghost. And, and those are we, real. And when we have the Holy Ghost companionship, the atonement is able to work in our life. Yeah. So this has been a, a great discussion on how to respond to conflict. I'm wondering now if we can transition and talk a little bit about how the Lord tries his people. Yeah, when we look specifically into, into section 101, verses mm. 2 through 4, we actually see that terminology mm -hmm. where the Lord says, I, the Lord, have suffered the afflictions to come upon them wherewith they have been afflicted in consequence of their transgressions. And then you see in verse 4, therefore they must need be chastened and tried even as Abraham who was commanded to offer up his only son. Mm -hmm. Then you turn over to section 98. I mean, there, these, these, this idea of trying his people is yeah. just throughout these scriptures. So you go to section uh, 98 and you see, um, for he will give unto them faithful line upon line, precept upon precept, and I will try you and prove you herewith. And then again, we have the idea of 13, and whoso layeth down his life for my name's sake, and then 14, be not afraid. And then again in 14, and I will prove you in all things, whether you will abide in my covenant. It's interesting. I mean, these, these saints are going through again so much <laughs> and they are being tried of the Lord and he's going to prove them. The Lord knows us. And he's trying us, but I think also he is letting us see ourselves, what we're willing to deal with, what we can handle and how we turn to the Lord so that he can help us deal with our trials as well. He's proving us to yeah. see how we respond in a sense to him. Will we come to Christ in our deepest trials, which, which you have done? Yeah, and just like he said it, this, in the scripture, Heather 12, I think it's 12, 27, give unto men weaknesses that mm. they may be humble. Mm -hmm. So when we discover those weaknesses, then we're able to turn to him. Mm -hmm. And we have that faith that he's the only one that can help us through that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So through that, he is able to help us as we turn to him. Yeah. Because he knows our hearts and he knows how to heal our hearts yeah. more than even ourselves. And that's helpful to, to recognize that our trials always have some kind of uh, they can always bear positives. So we have a video from a, a viewer at home who asked a question about trial and how to respond to it. Hi, we're the Porter family, and we're from Bakersfield, California. We were reading in Doctrine and Covenants 101, verse 5. For all those who will not endure chastening, but deny me, cannot be sanctified. I have a really hard time with difficulties and trials that I go through sometimes, as we all do. If I'm having difficulties dealing with trials that I have, am I being faithless to the Lord? So I think that's a great question. If I have difficulties dealing with trials, am I being faithless to the Lord? I, I, I hope we understand that if it's a trial, it's supposed to be difficult. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. every trial, if, if, I mean, even Mariama is saying, you know, I, I can deal with these things, I trust in the Lord, but a trial is still a trial. It wouldn't be a trial if it wasn't a trial. By definition, it's supposed to be difficult. It's supposed to be something that's testing us and working us. You wouldn't be exercising faith in the Lord if you could do everything without him, Yeah. right? And again, this just goes back to the purpose of trials. Like, you know, they're meant to point us beyond ourselves to help us recognize our own weaknesses and vulnerabilities and the reality that we can't do it on our own. Yeah. yeah and also it's like, like he says, it's not, it's not being faithless. It's what I have learned from trials, we all handle it differently mm -hmm. and we all have different strengths, different potentials, different limitations. Mm -hmm. And the Lord knows. That's why he said, if you turn to me, I'll be able to help you. So it's not about anybody being faithless. And the Lord meets us where we are, right? Where we are, yeah. yeah. So let's go back here, yeah. Having hope in Christ is sometimes is enough, even if it feels hard at the time, getting through it shows him that we are faithful. 
Well said. Thank you, Alyssa. Excellent. Michael, I think you had a comment as well. So every trial has a purpose, and we can't just sit through the trial and wait for it to pass. We actually need to learn from it, or then there was no point to the trial in the first place. So we can grow and gain experience and come closer to Christ. That is the idea from Elder Scott where he says, too often we ask, why is this happening to me? But the question, a, a good question, not necessarily the only question is, what can I learn from this experience? A, a trial is not going to help you be more faithful no. unless you choose to be more faithful, right? A trial mm -hmm. could also help you become less faithful. And I, I think that's part of what she's asking here is the trial itself uh, is, is, not, is, not the, is not the issue. It's how you're responding to that trial. And is it okay sometimes to struggle as you're trying to increase your faith and trying to come into Christ? Mm -hmm. Of course. Right, And that's one value I think of all trials is they offer us opportunities to kind of reach up to God and receive that help that he wants to give us. Joseph Smith had another, another quote where he just says, you will have all kinds of trials to pass through and it is quite necessary for you to be tried as it was for Abraham and other men of God. Brethren, God will feel after you and he will take hold of you and will wrench your very heartstrings. And if you cannot stand it, you will not be fit for an inheritance in the celestial kingdom of God. I mean, some struggle with that idea of like, oh, if I can't handle it. Well, no, God isn't, God isn't going to give you more than you can handle with his help. And so if you're willing to turn to him, he will turn that trial into a very positive experience. He will help you become what you need to become. But we have to be willing to fight. We have to be willing to engage in the trial and not just steer away from it. Yeah. Mariam, any final thoughts on that? Yeah. Um, like we've been discussing you know, challenges of life, everybody have their their challenges. It's, we can't go through this life without trials and without challenges. And that's why the Lord counsels us to come unto him because he's the one that can help us. And I've, I have found a lot of strength in depending on the Lord. It's never easy, but as we turn to him, we look up to him, we give our hearts to him because that's when he'll be able to help us and it will open our hearts and give us the shoulders to bear those burdens that will be placed upon them. Life is never easy, but God is true and God is kind. And he will help us with whatever we're going through. Thank you for that. Thank you. So this has been an excellent discussion of how the Lord tries his people. Maybe we can transition now and talk a little bit uh, about uh, fulfilling our civic duty. In section 98, we get a sense for the kind of responsibilities we have relative to the laws of the land. So, for example, in, in 98.4, uh, we're told that the people should do what God commands them, um, that laws should promote human freedom in verse 5 and the preservation of rights and freedoms. Verse 10, we should seek wise and honest leaders who are good people. This should be kind of the rule. And then in the middle of this, you have this statement, which, remember, is, is directed towards people who are enduring persecution and suffering and, and, and a form of bondage, as it were. And the Lord tells him this, I, the Lord, make you free, therefore you are free indeed. And the law also maketh you free. So my question is, what do you think it means that the Lord makes us free? And is this freedom the absence of suffering and trial? Is, the, is it the absence of bondage? What's going on here, do you think, Mariama? For me, the freedom is not the absence of trial because trial and persecutions and um, afflictions are part of mortal journey. And it's one thing I always remember in my mind, if... I obey the laws of God. It's mm -hmm. usually not, it's hard to get into the, the laws of the land mm -hmm. because the laws of the Lord are always truth 
and yeah. they always lead us to the right path. Mm -hmm. We'll have that peace in our hearts. We know that we're doing the right thing. We're going the right path. Yeah, and I was just added that. Uh, I mean, it seems to me that uh, the verse uh, in context is talking about, yes, these kind of temporal laws offer us a kind of freedom, but at the same time, that kind of freedom that the Lord offer us uh, through obeying his commandments and the laws of land, it doesn't, it's not limited to that temporal freedom. It also transcends it to this kind of spiritual uh, freedom in any circumstances. Yeah. I love I love Viktor Frankl. He's a Holocaust survivor. He wrote a wonderful book called Man's Search for Meaning. Uh, and, and one of the, he has many phrases in that book that I just love, but one of them is this. He says, everything can be taken from a man but one thing, the last of human freedoms. To choose one's attitude in any given set of circumstances, to choose one's own way. And that idea of this freedom, it's, it's our attitude, it's our, it's our will. To, to react, how, how we're going to respond to anything. And in this case, he is, you know, everything's been taken, similar to what you're talking about here, but he still has the ability to choose how to react and how to feel in those circumstances. And sometimes we say, you know, we don't have a lot of control, but, but, but we do. We have this control. We have this freedom to choose. Yeah, and I, I mean, I, it must have been comforting for the saints, maybe if, they, if they're reading this and they're, they're going that way in their minds, that the Lord says, I will make you free and also the law will make you free. He's definitely yeah. talking about more than one thing. Here. Absolutely. Can anybody speak to this idea of freedom in times of trial? Like, can you speak to what this experience is like? Yeah, Angela. I like what's already been said about, about trials and how it's a peace in your heart. Um, a few years ago, I went through this really dark phase of my life. And once I turned to the Lord fully, I just felt so much peace in my heart. And I could, it's almost like I could just hear heaven singing to me, like, it's gonna be okay, Angela, like, you've got this. And it was just the greatest, one of the greatest feelings I've ever felt in my life, just having that peace that God and, and, and Christ were right by my side and that they were gonna be with me every step of the way. You know, I, I go back to that that Viktor Frankl thing, and what you're talking about is is hanging in there. And one of the another thing that Viktor Frankl talks about this is kind of a summary: is some of the greatest people died in the Holocaust. I think sometimes we think if we use our freedom and we use our will, then everything's going to be great. No, you can still be persecuted and you can still struggle, but you still have a choice. It's a great comment. Thank you so much, Melanie. I think you have a comment as well. This year, I was also going through, sorry, like a really hard time in my life. Um, it was months of pleading with my savior. I'm trying to understand why I was going through that specific trial. And I think it wasn't until, you know, months after pleading and not getting an answer did I receive um, just the simple understanding of, hey, this is the reason and this is why. And this is how you're gonna overcome it. Now at this point, I can be able to help other people that will go through that same instance um, because I know my situation isn't gonna be the first or the last. Um, but how that can definitely be able to, you know, help my brothers and sisters who have gone through or who will go through um, the same situation as I did. And I love that you've, the way you've responded to that is to turn outward. I yeah. mean, our sufferings and our trials and our weaknesses and our sins, they have a tendency to help us be, uh, we're just focusing on ourselves. But the idea that you're using that as a, as a, as a way to cultivate empathy and turn outward. I think that's the exact way. Yeah, and that. I love it too, the attitude, like Barbara said. You know, that never came to my mind until, Moses, you spoke it out, the attitude we put into everything. We all have this thing of trials for everyone. Everyone mm -hmm. goes through it. But the attitude, and that's what brought the peace, that many times it's not going to work our way. 
but we have to rely on him or know that he will, it will work in his way. But we have to have that patience and that bring that attitude mm. towards the way we handle it. So thank you for that. And I wonder how trials would be different if instead of asking, what can I learn this from this? It's, we would ask, you know, how can I help other people based on this experience? You know, how can I use this and turn outward? Um, so thank you so much. This has been a, a great discussion on fulfilling our civic duty. Thank you for your comments and your insights. Mariama, and you know, we, we just appreciate you so much. Your experiences, the things that you shared, your love and enthusiasm for the gospel of Jesus Christ is contagious. Mm -hmm. So thank you for, for using, in a sense, your trials to help us. Thank you for being so Christ-like in that and helping us on our journey as well. We'd like to thank you and our audience as well. Thank you for your comments, your insights, your testimonies, the experiences that you had. We really appreciate you being here. And to those of you at home, thank you for sending us your comments and questions and insights via social media. Uh, we'd love to have you come join us in the studio sometime, but if you can't, uh, we hope you'll tune in next week for Come Follow Up. Thanks. Come Follow Up is a production of BYU Broadcasting.